Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs. You have made it to episode 68. What is up? Dude, I missed you. I missed you all the time. I miss you all the time. <laughs> I missed you too, man. I miss you no matter what I'm doing. I'm like, I wonder what the fuck Michael's doing. I can get, a, I can get a, like, a, like a root canal. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not wanna, doing I'm much. Gonna... I'm probably not doing much. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> looking at sneakers on eBay, man, or whatever, whatever, whatever cool kids do nowadays. You're... Uh, we we have to you need to talk to me. I need you to help me with my with my coffee game because I'm not like because proper coffee game is like trendy. I'm not very trendy. I'm like a relic. I'm like a relic of the past. I'm like a Furby that just didn't die. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Okay. How can I do better coffee? Because right now I've ditched the machine. I tried doing a French press for a while, and the French press worked. The problem was it was um. My, Michael, you ever you ever you ever filleted a chimney? No. Okay, I have. <laughs> because I drank French press coffee. It's just full of like soot. It's just full of like soot and shit. And I'm like, oh, this is great tasting coffee, but it's full of like carbon debris. You know what I mean? It's like so it's, it, if you want to start on something, you wanna you wanna get you wanna get some kind of brewing method that reduces um or I guess allows for a greater margin of error. So, um, uh, in other words, a French press is very easy to screw up. So, okay. you know, there are just, there are a lot more variables there. And same thing with the Chemex, which is like a pour over. It's just really easy to screw that up. This, um, this morning I literally MacGyvered something and it came out, my coffee came out incredibly, but I don't know if it's like stupid of me to do it this way. I basically just took an empty, like the empty basket from my coffee machine. I put a filter in it. I put ground coffee in that basket, but then I put the basket over like a big Pyrex pitcher and I just slowly <laughs> poured coffee over it like that. And it came out incredible, but I don't know if that's stupid of me. Whatever works, man. You'd be surprised what I, what I do when, when we're camping or something. Um, try the, uh, try the AeroPress. It's cheap on Amazon. I think it's like, uh, I don't know how much it is. Like probably like 20 bucks or, or whatever. It's not bad. And, uh, I have to send you a, a guide to, um, grind size. Cause that's really important too. Um, cause that's where I think more like most people screw up is, the size or the coarseness of your your coffee grounds. I just hit it with a hammer. You tell me, you, so you're telling me that's wrong. That's 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 you can actually if you hit it with a hammer you can probably do like a very slow uh, cold brew. Yeah. Okay. You can hit it with a hammer and then do that, but that takes like uh, twelve hours. Dude, coffee's complicated. I'm just gonna do crack. I feel like crack <laughs> crack seems extremely user friendly. I purchase it. I bring it back to my home. Uh, insert disc here, and then like that's it. You know what I'm saying? But but here we have a watch podcast to do. I'm sorry, I got sidetracked. We do. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm it's like, okay. It's very early in the morning right now. Uh, <laughs> the time of this recording. At the time of this recording, it is Saturday. Seiko, happy Seiko Catterday. Uh, what the hell day is it? The 19th. The 17th. 17th. The 17th. Yeah. And so show's going on on Monday. A lot of really, really, really cool stuff to get to. This is an incredibly special episode because it's, it's in my opinion, the topic of today, the series that we're tackling again is very much, it's our bread and butter, man. 
It's what we started on. It's what I feel it's, like we're very it's comfortable our roots. in. It's Go, our going roots. back to our roots. It's our roots, <laughs> man. Give us free, dude. It's our roots, you know? <laughs> I'm very confused. Um, but yeah, so so just before we get into all that other stuff, the topic of today, we are returning to the Affordable Vintage Watch Series. Today, specifically focusing on affordable vintage digital watches. They said it couldn't be done, but we're going to do it. So the topic is affordable vintage watches that are digital so yeah. I think there's going to be some ones that you might expect to hear about. I think there's going to be some really big surprises, but I'm really, really excited to talk about it. Michael chose some watches. I chose some watches. It's very, very structured for a change. It's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, before- I, I had I had some concerns when, when we talked about the topic because I, I thought, you mm-hmm. know, it would sort of, or it could, you know, fall flat, I suppose. But um, there are some, like, vintage digital watches out there that can be very expensive that people get kind of crazy with collecting you know so, so, so full disclosure i chose 15 different watches and every single one of them is the casio dw5600 <laughs> i mean that can work does <laughs> are there are, you know i was gonna ask you and we don't have to get into this but are there any russian digital watches did they ever care about that oh baby we're gonna talk about that later on okay <laughs> right well we know what we're getting into because i have no clue <laughs> It's going to be an informative episode, um, but here it is time. We should honor tradition. We have very few traditions on this show. This is definitely one of them. Let's do the wrist check. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Go for um, it. I'm wearing a cool watch. I haven't worn it in a while um, because it had some really <clears throat> annoying cosmetic issues that I that I spoke with you about um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> before, but I got I got a new part from the manufacturer and then I took it to a local watchmaker and had everything kind of fixed up. Nice. Um, and I'm just really really loving this watch now because I I feel like I feel like I kind of neglected it because I had an issue with the way that it looked. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's the CWC Royal Navy Diver. Oh, cool. Uh, automatic T dial. Um. And I'm wearing it on a Blue Shark uh, Bond style NATO strap. That's so awesome. Yeah, we haven't seen that. We haven't seen that watch in a while. Yeah, yeah. So the thing, the 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 problem with this watch, and like, I spent like maybe maybe like a year hunting this thing. Um, and ever since I purchased this one, I've never seen another like it. Um, okay. So I just, you know, I I saw. I saw the scratch that it had on the inside of the glossy, like polished chapter ring. And I was just like, I don't care. I have to jump on this. You know, I'll deal with that <laughs> later. <laughs> but it, it really, that sort that blemish really, really stood out to me for a while. And, uh, you know, it just, it, I don't know. It, it bugged me the, the wrong kind of way, you know, cause there's, there's sure. like patina on watches, but this, this looked like neglect. Like somebody took the watch apart at some point and maybe like scratched it up. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't the second hand that did that, you know? Yeah. But, um, there's a difference between a mole that naturally occurs and one you draw on your face. Correct. Yeah. 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 So, um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I mean, I got it fixed and uh, I, I love this thing, man. It's like, like I've mentioned before, it's sort of the, um, it's sort of the mill sub that came after the mill sub. Right. Uh, CWC right now is really trying to reposition itself as a brand. Um, you know, they're, they're essentially still a tool maker um, owned by a company called Silverman's in the UK. And I think they still produce uh, like true mill spec watches. I'm not, I think the, the issue status is is debated um, right now, but 
they're they're kind of in a weird growing phase where they're trying to get into like luxury pricing you know but okay. they're doing it with these very utilitarian like tools <laughs> so you know they they have a reissue of this watch now that that's you know i think well over two and a half thousand dollars and that's wow that's that's a lot, that's a lot. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lot of fucking donuts dude um but this thing is cool man if you you know if you're into stuff like you know the the Steinhardt uh, military watches that some people are into, um, or even just like the look of a mil sub. This is a, a really nice watch that you can still get quartz or with uh, with an automatic movement um, that sort of achieves that look, but is also part of that lineage. Right. Um, and so, so am I crazy? I'm very proud and, to wear it. And is the the quartz models? Those were the ones that were actually issued out, or is it like fifty fifty? Some went. So some some got the quartz. Some got the automatic. Well, in nineteen in nineteen eighty one, I think when the Ministry of Defense said, "Like, wait a minute, these Rolexes <laughs> are really expensive. <laughs> like, let's get our guys. We got to get our guys something else." Everyone um, gets a Rolex. You get a Rolex. You get a Rolex. Right? It's expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the first, so the first uh, true CWC Royal Navy divers that were out in nineteen eighty one, uh, there was a very small handful that had uh, mechanical movements and those okay. that that watch is what cwc <clears throat> reissued last year as a limited edition oh, uh, but cool. then after after you know the bulk of these became uh quartz watches so you can the the ones that you find that are like quartz tritium dial um probably super beat up like you might be onto something that was actually issued or saw service you know so Jesus. <laughs> yeah, mostly mostly quartz. If you can find yourself a T-dial quartz one, that's that's probably that's probably the most authentic, I'd say. That's so cool. And you have it on a Blue Shark NATO, you said? Yeah, I have it on a Blue Shark um NATO strap with the uh, the black and gray bond um uh, pattern. Oh, that's so cool. I, yeah, you know, I wanted to give the I wanted to give the company like another chance, and I think I found out what happened um, you know, I figured out that Blue Shark makes two different, or I guess two main types of straps. They make a regular NATO of theirs, and they make something called the Alpha Shark. And the Alpha Shark is like their their like premium premium like model or whatever. Okay. But it's like it's the one that I we talked about it with Terry and and in a couple other episodes. It's just it's so gosh darn thick, and I got it at twenty two millimeters for the Mako. And for, you know, for a dive watch that's like as slim as, as the Mako, you know, it's, it it was a lot of strap for that watch, you know, but, you know, I tried, I tried the, some of the other versions, which are just the the regular ones that you can actually get on Amazon and they're nice, you know, good quality, good hardware. And I really like the, uh, the holes. They're like these like pressed, really well pressed, like rectangle holes. Oh, cool. Very high quality. That's awesome. I'm 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 happy the experience has turned into a positive one with with proper like understanding now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I'm just I'm just so so glad that I don't know. This watch is aesthetically in a condition that I that I can enjoy right now cuz before like I don't know, I had to I had to taper my excitement when I got it, <laughs> you know. Cuz I, I I saw that issue and I was just like, god, like is this something that I can polish? Is this something that I can um you know, replace and and thankfully, you know, I was able to replace it. I'm gonna have to. 
I'm gonna have to change the gaskets and probably service the movement at, at some point soon as well but you know we'll cross that bridge when we get there interesting so when you had the tech look at it you just had them remove that blemish you didn't have them do like the full like 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 head to toe check me out doc thing right well I I, I asked him about it and and this this watchmaker he's he's very much against um, you know just servicing intervals un, un, i guess un, unnecessarily servicing something yeah yeah because yeah. i asked him i'm like the watch has a case back marking from 2002 uh it's an eta 2824 mm-hmm. you know it, it might be time right he's like yeah it's fine <laughs> he's like i saw it you know so that's awesome. you know whatever and and gosh like i i know that the reissue looks really cool but the best part about this watch is that it's actually tritium and it's these like really thick applications on like the big sword hands and the markers. And they're trying, they're, they're starting to like, I don't know. They're, they're starting to, to puff up a little bit and like, interesting turn this, this weird, like, like light mustard color. It just, it looks so cool on like the matte, like black dial. It, it looks like a, like a true like mill sub. I mean, I, it I might be poisoning it. you also. Like maybe you shouldn't wear yeah, it anymore. That's fine. Dude. That's fine. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> it's a cool watch. <laughs> Best death ever. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's nothing like this watch. I'm, I'm so happy that, that I can wear it again. Don't the reissues say T on the dial, but they're not actually tritium. Yeah. They, they say T, but that's they're, annoying. uh, yeah, they're like a beige superluminova, and I'm I'm learning that the manufacturer of the superluminova product they make superluminova in um like a ton of different colors. Like there's black superluminova. There's what? like I've seen orange. Like Bell and Ross is is a brand that uses a lot of weird different colors of it. Yeah, so that's awesome. Uh, yeah, they have like beige and I, they they had some issues I think with with the coloring. Some people didn't like it and I heard that in the second run they're going to try to lighten it up a little bit to make it look more natural. So, huh. could be kind of fun to see how that disseminates down to like the micro brand market, which I feel like is more inclined to potentially sort of deviate from some of the standard loom colors. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's super cool, man. But that's what that's what I'm wearing. Uh, just a fun fun dive watch for the weekend. How about you? Uh, I'm wearing something I actually wear quite often uh, now. I don't think I've ever worn it on air. If I've worn it on air, I've never mentioned it. Uh, but for today's today's wrist check, I'm wearing the the uh, undone Urban Chronograph that we had. Right. Nice. Custom designed for two broke watch knobs. Um, so I was be- looking at those last night actually. It, I I love mine. Um, I love mine a lot. Um, for people who are following us for a while or maybe just learning now, we are actually in the middle of doing sort of like this long-term review for the, um, the, the, the chronograph, the, the undone urban chronograph, uh, chromo, see the chromo, chromograph, chromo, chromographs are different from chronographs because, because Kaz is an idiot. No, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the undone urban chronograph, um, this thing is really, really cool. So there's a, it's a long form review. There's two parts. The first part was, um, I feel like a pretty substantial write up in regards to my experience designing the watch because if you're not familiar that's the really cool thing about undone is that you can go on the website and they have this really really fun sort of design interface where it takes you step by step in the process of 
designing the watch. You can choose from different dials. You can put text on the dial if you want. You can even have things printed on the case back. Um, if you want something super, super special, you can directly reach out to them. Um, you can choose like the different hands. You can choose different. It's really, really cool. So I had a good time going through it. And what I found was a lot of fun. Um, about the process is just that the process was just fun. Like I wasn't, it wasn't like filling out a scantron like back in high, like high school, just going through, <laughs> like right, just going like, oh god, I hope I'm not fucking this up. You know what I mean? Like going through the process, I'm like, oh yeah, this looks cool. And the thing is, you can go forwards and backwards. So if you choose like one dial color and then you go down further and you realize there's like a strap combo you think is really cool, but you want to change the dial, you can go back and change the dial. So I had a lot of fun doing that. We'll throw up a link to the actual um, part one review uh, so people can take a gander at it. I'm working on now the actual review of the watch. So this thing is super cool. I had this black dial on here. I had these white markers. Um, it's super polished uh, hands. It's um, it's a mecha quartz. So it looks really, really cool. It's got the actual chronosecond sweep is um, blue. It's the closest blue I could find to like two broke watch knobs blue. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, you got pretty close. Right? And then, uh, this is my favorite part. Um, this is where I think that's just a lot of fun. As I was going through the process, it's like, oh, you know, you can put custom text on here. I'm like, okay, like, let me try and make something. If I found this chrono sweep that's so, that's super close to TBWS blue, maybe I should put, like, TBWS on the front or see if I can't, like, use characters to spell out, like, a big dick, you know, like the, like the number eight and, like, an equal sign and then a greater than symbol, you know what I'm talking about? Right. <laughs> I feel like that's very emblematic of what the show is about. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. I have a really good idea. So I put the date on there. I put 9 6 16. Uh, September, not, uh, September, September 6th. I apologize. 9 6 16. So September 6th, 2016. That is the day, Michael, that you and I decided to start Two Broke Watch Snobs. That's crazy. Um, and so I put that in the dial. And then as I was going through the process, I realized I could put something on the case back. And so that's where I put our logo. It's uh, it's really cool. It's a white background. It's letters, TBWS. It's like, it's our actual logo. I thought it was super cool. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's see what it looks like when it gets here. And it got here and I'm very much enjoying the watch. So far, the write-up has been very positive. Um, I like this thing a lot. The strap is really great. It feels really, really solid because that was my apprehension because the price point of the watch can lead someone to think they're going to just like mail you something you get out of like a quarter machine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not the case at all. This thing is feels really, really cool. Uh, the chronograph buttons are a lot of fun. They work really, really well. Um, overall, the it's been a really positive experience and I love it because it's... <sighs> It feels like a vintage watch. Like I, I specifically wanted to go for like I don't know why, but like an old school sort of like vintage military chrono vibe, which is why I got this like green canvas sort of like cord uh, uh, strap, like a uh, uh, cord Cordova Cordura. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. canvas. I canvas. Fucking canvas. Uh, canvas strap on here, but um, but yeah, I mean, keep an eye on the side for the write up. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, overall, it's just been it's just been a great experience with this thing. It's perfectly sized and um. Yeah, I'm just having I'm a still, lot of fun. I'm still very tempted by it's one of it's one of his base models. It's just not even like I mean, you can customize anything or any of the models, but I I love the Speedy. He just has he has a, mm, a pre-built yeah. model just called Speedy. Yeah. It looks it looks so damn cool. Um, the the, the pre-built models are fun. Oh, oh, you just reminded me if you are interested in like designing the watch and you're sort of intimidated by starting from scratch you can just design based off one of the models you can just you know what i'm saying you can pick the speedy or you can pick the kilkenny or whatever the hell it's called and just the kilkenny. Build, 
I think there's I think there's a watch called the Kilkenny. I really do like like like. I like, think it's Killy. Killy. Okay. Well, Kilkenny <laughs> might be a place in Ireland. So I apologize. Okay. Kil, Kilkenny <laughs> might be a place in Ireland that I recall when I was there like eight years ago. Okay. And I don't recall much from when I was there. And I was there for I was there for like eight days. But um, but yeah, I know. I think you're right. I think it's called a Killy. Yeah, that's, that uh, sounds. The, that sounds um, writer. The it the the process on the website is really easy too. I noticed that the, yeah. the interface is is really intuitive. It doesn't glitch or anything like that. Like it's, I I feel like you can you can go on those websites where you can customize things like I don't know like a car or something and like whenever you pick something like a different color like the website half crashes. Oh yeah, it's just, no, it's, it's it's really smooth on on the undone site. Yeah, they did a good job. Yeah, I've had horrible experiences. Like, I'm like, oh, I want to put different wheels on there. It's like, oh, you wanted to crash your browser? No, no, I wanted to put different wheels on I'm, the car. I'm uh, talking about VW. I'm just going to go <laughs> We're going to call it out right now. <laughs> Volkswagen, we're looking at you guys. All right. First, first diesel gate, which affected my life specifically. All right. And my little, my little, oh, my little yeah. Volkswagen hatchback. That's and, crazy. And now. Now your website sucks, dude. What next? <laughs> Stomp dogs to death. What are you gonna do next, Volkswagen? Uh, uh, good talk, good talk. But yeah, no, I think it's great. Keep an eye out for the write up. Did you have Michael? Did you have any specific questions about the watch while we're kind of talking about it before we transition on? I I I wear it a lot. I just I just haven't put it on the feed. I don't I don't really know why. But I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure um, this week I get it on the feed um, potentially in conjunction with uh, with the write up, which is going very well. I just I just want to say that like I I feel I feel like Undone is probably the brand that does the best job at producing something really accessible that feels vintagey that that can mm-hmm. scratch that itch without like I don't know just like killing the bank account. Um, I think these things are like between two and three hundred bucks depending on what options you choose. Yeah, I'm telling you, That's whenever incredible. I go to the Undone site, I have to really like. I, I have to, you know, check how strong my will actually is and <laughs> and keep myself from hovering over the add to cart button, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I, I think I think the, the base models if you don't um if you don't customize anything, it's two sixty five. And if you do customize something, it's not even that much more, is it, you know? So No, not really. I can't imagine. But yeah, so um Again, I apologize. I've had it for a while. I just haven't put it. I don't know. I don't know why I wasn't inclined to put it on the feed, but uh, but I'll make sure I do that. Um, but yeah, that, that that that's what I'm that's what I'm wearing. There's a the, there's there's a lot to talk about that that this episode. Should we transition to the next super super big two book watch snobs news? Yeah, yeah. The uh, you want to talk about what we posted yesterday? Maybe you should tell them. To the nice people at home, because I've been talking, I've been talking way too much about God knows what. No, it's okay. We finally, uh, we finally put up the details for our uh, four thousand follower Instagram giveaway. Woo-hoo. So, um, sort of a tradition here. Every time we uh, reach another thousand followers on Instagram, we uh, we give away a watch, and uh, that's been pretty fun so far, hasn't it? I, I mean, it's been a lot of fun, but it's just one of those things where I'm just like, oh man. We're gonna be giving so away that, a lot of watches. I'm thinking, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> because, because uh, uh, the increments are gonna keep going up. But I think it's 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 one of those things that we use to try and accomplish 
a few things. And the first of those things is giving back to basically every single person that's ever listened to the show. Even if you've listened once or you listen every single time, the show wouldn't be what it is. It wouldn't have grown and the way it has. And Michael and I wouldn't have grown as we've grown as collectors without people that listen to the show. So short of actually going to every single one of your houses and baking you a cake, I think giving away a watch every time we reach a thousand followers um, is the best we can do right now. You know what I'm saying? And I love that we're 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 trying to give away a lot of different variety of watches, I feel like. You know what I mean? Yeah, this um this one's kind of interesting because I, I found it um like I said on a on a weird Seiko Instagram account and I've I've never seen them before. And I don't think there's a lot of buzz uh, surrounding these watches right now. It's a it's a Seiko five, I think it's new. Um and it's called the, let me get the full reference. It's SRPB 13. Um, mm-hmm. You probably see it as SRPB 13 K1. If you look for it on Amazon and stuff like that. And it's basically, so it's interesting because it's a Seiko 5 kind of with with a racing vibe. And this, um, I guess, kind of cushion case shape that looks sort of like the old... Um, like Pogue chronographs or like the Seiko speed timers that that's people what like it to reminded collect. me of. Yeah. Um, but this one has a really sort of reactive and interesting deep forest green uh, dial color. It's quite beautiful. Yeah. And, and I think there's a blue version and there might even be like a red version. I'm not, I'm not sure. I can't remember, but um, that's what we're giving away. And the other interesting part is that it's a Seiko five, but it has a four R 36. Um, what? I don't know. If, I don't. I don't know if that's a new trend for. Right. But, I mean, that's. I guess. I guess with Seiko trying to use that movement more than the seven S two six, you'll probably start to see it in uh, more entry level uh, Seiko five models. So I still um, don't understand the motivation behind a lot of Seiko decisions. Seiko very much giveth and taketh away. It's it's oh, very yeah. much like this. <laughs> This entity I'll never really be able to understand, but they're always going to be a part of my life. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like um, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know, I don't know about some of the things that they do, but um, they certainly make some nice watches and do this a thing ton is, of different price ranges. This thing is super cool. It's very much so. It's it's a good kind of balance between two, two. I think things that are going to make a good majority of watch folks happy it's definitely vintagey like you said it kind of has like a pogue or a speed timer or like a or like, or like like an old school chrono vibe in addition to mm-hmm. that it's got the, the 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 seconds hands it's orange which is like super vintagey chrono to me i feel like you know what yeah, i mean it's, it's racy i guess it's racy yeah racy <laughs> like a car not like your friend's like mother you know what i'm saying like racy <laughs> yeah you know um in addition to that it's definitely not tiny i feel like that's what holds a lot of folks back from going for something that might be vintage or vintages like oh i don't want it to look like a dime on me this thing this thing's it, it has it's supposed to have good solid wrist presence you know what i mean it's um 22 lug uh, uh 22 millimeter lugs it's 50 or 51 lug to lug what's the case diameter 44 45 i'll take a i'll take a look right now let's He's taking see. a gander at it Let's see, forty-four millimeters. So like a like a like an SRP triple yeah. seven. And like yeah. everyone everyone knows, a Seiko forty-four millimeter wears way way nicer than like yeah. another forty-four millimeter like like 
in the world. You know what I mean? So I think it's a super fun watch. The details on how to enter are on the photo on our feed. So if you go to our Instagram feed, you'll see it's a photo of the watch on Michael's wrist and there's a big bubble in the corner and it says giveaway. But also just in case folks uh, uh, don't want to click on the photo, which is part of the contest. I'm going to read the directions here. Uh, there are basically four, uh, technically three steps. Super, super easy. Uh, like the photo, you regram the, the photo using the two broke watch knobs hashtag. So hashtag two broke watch knobs. And then the third step is in that photo, tag us and two friends um, uh, and then let them know in the description, you know, and let us know in the description how much, you know, or what you like about the show or what your friends might like about the show. That's basically it. Regram the photo, or yeah, sorry, blah, blah, blah. like the photo, regram the photo with the two broke watch knobs, hashtag, two, tag two of your friends, and you're entered. It's basically running for a week. So we'll be choosing the winner probably on Friday. This coming yeah, Friday. Yeah, we'll choose them on Friday. We'll, yeah. we'll, 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 let, we'll, we'll let him or her know that they've won on yeah. Friday. And it's, um, I'm sorry. I just I just did some some more research on these and uh, looks like they came out of nowhere in typical Good. Seiko style uh, back in September last year and there are uh, six different versions that I can see right now. There's a green, a blue, wow. a red, a black, uh, a like gradient blue that changes between blue and black, and Ooh. this sort of like rust colored like I don't know. Is it like a burnt orange? It, it looks like it looks like tobacco burst, like what Gibson makes on on the Les Pauls. Oh, cool! Oh, wow, kind of interesting. Like that. Yeah, are all this? Uh, do, they, do they all have the same detailings in regards to like the orange second hands? Uh, second hand, just the one second hand. I mean, the red version. The red version has a white second hand, and Ooh. then the uh, the bronze looking one has. I don't know. It looks. It almost looks like a bronze second hand. Also, nice. That's but super yeah, cool, man. They look cool. I see some people have them on on leather. I think I think this strap would. I mean, this this watch would really sing on like a like a rally like style leather. Strap. Oh, dude, all day. All yeah. I, it would definitely feel very much at home on that. It also looks great on the bracelet. I mean, it's just it's 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 very exciting to give it away. We know it's a good watch to give away because I think deep down, Michael and I wish we didn't have to give it away so we could just yeah. Keep it yeah. for ourselves. <laughs> but again, basically the rules are go to the go to our Instagram page. It's at Two Broke Watch Knobs. Um, find the photo. It says giveaway in a little bubble. You'll see it's just a simple wrist shot with Michael wearing the watch. He's wearing like a like a gray sort of sweater thing. Um, you like the photo. You regram it on your feed with the Two Broke Watch Knobs hashtag. Tag us and two of your friends, and that's basically it. You're entered. And then you know if 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 you if you feel like it, put something in the description. That's fun. But um, but yeah, super excited to see uh, 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 where this watch goes. Also, just to reiterate, these giveaways are only really possible now because of the people who have been super kind to go on our Patreon and um, basically act as patrons. Pa patron. Hmm. Pa pa hmm. Patrons. Patrons. Pa That's patrons. Patrons. Uh, Banquo. Banquo at the feast. Patrons. Sorry. It's coming back, man. I'm telling you. Ghost of the Feast. Yeah, a uh, 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 huge thank you to everyone that's gone to the Patreon and contributed. That means so much. These watch giveaways are really only possible because of uh, those folks. And so um, it's just something that we, we, we're we very, very humbled and honored by. And we're looking forward to just giving away more watches as more and more folks listen to the show. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that I missed with the giveaway? Or should we go on to the next piece of housekeeping before we hit the main topic? Let's do the uh, site stuff. Let's do the side stuff. If you have noticed, 
The site is alive again. Things are happening on the site. <laughs> all, uh, all thanks to Kaz. All thanks, all thanks to Kaz. Really, I mean, I mean, you know, whatever. It's just, it just has to. It's one of those things where I let I let a lot of that shit slide just during pre-wedding, during wedding, and like just after post-wedding because Becky got super sick and I was just okay. not like a real person, and so. I was looking at it and I'm just like, dude, like as far as the world is probably concerned, our site is super dead. And like, I, I, I don't like if I'm trying to like research a watch and I find a website and like nothing has been updated since like Y2K and I'm like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I don't want to be like that, dude. So I'm just like, fuck it. I got to like power through and just find time to just work on the site. So um, everything's up to date on the site. All the podcast episodes are up to date. There's also um, a few new items on there. The the the, the Modico watch review is up there. Really, really fun piece. In addition to that, um, a really, really fun uh, a, a listener-contributed piece from BRH Watches or BHR Watches. I'm always going to... I'm, I'm never, I'm never going to remember what, the, what that guy's name is, dude. RH. <laughs> RHB. Mm, there you go. BRH Watches. BRH Watches did a watch fast with the Seiko SRP Triple Seven, and he was super kind enough to do uh, to do a write up about his experience doing that. I think I have. I'm turning it into a series. I think the series is called um, Surviving, Surviving the Watch Fast. Yeah, Surviving the Watch Fast. Yeah, Surviving yeah. the Watch Fast. Uh, colon BRH Watches and the Seiko SRP Triple Seven. Uh, that's up there as well. Keep an eye out for more things on the site coming up. I ideally want to update the site every once or two days. Oh, we're also doing the listener regrams again on the website. Um, so if you listen to the show and you've been curious about that, the listener regrams, basically it happens every Sunday. Uh, we choose three people who use the TrueBook Watch Knobs hashtag and we regram them on our feed um, between like two and three hour cadences. So one post, three hours later, second post three hours later third post um what's happening now is those posts that get regrammed on the feed you also get featured on the website there's a post three people uh the the, the, the uh, usually three i might increase it to more uh there are three photos are shared on the website they all get credit and there's like a little write-up for each one and it's just something fun another way of just kind of just giving back to to you guys i mean for for, for digging the show and listening <laughs> you know what i'm saying so um uh, go and check that out if you're interested um would really just it, it, you know what's crazy dude we're getting close to ten thousand like posts on our hashtag yeah that's th that that kind of caught me off guard the other day <laughs> how crazy <laughs> is that <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of fun yeah i did not expect that so um maybe we'll, maybe we'll do another giveaway maybe we'll do another giveaway we hit ten thousand posts on our on our on our hashtag where we actually mail somebody cookies. <sighs> the cookies are ours. <laughs> the cookies, I really don't, I I would prefer to keep the cookies. Why don't we let, let's 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 DHL me to someone and I'll make them cookies in their house and I'll just walk home. You know, DHL will probably ship you. Yeah, well, I mean, we also won't tell them it's me. I'll just you, you, <laughs> you just you just shove me into like an amp crate and just be like, oh, I'm sending my old bass amp to a buddy. Like, all right, cool, and I'll just make sure I have like enough food and crackers in there to like survive however long. It depends where we're going. I, I would prefer if someone in Orlando won the contest, so uh -huh. shipping time wasn't that long. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, maybe oh, we can do that. Oh, the international trade laws that I violated. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to DHL. So let me understand, you shipped human cargo? No, 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 I shipped my friend. That's different. <laughs> I knew him. It's not like I picked some rando, like, like Slavic folk off the street. I know this guy. He's my friend, all right? Uh, and I shipped him via you guys. 
Not illegal. Questionable. <laughs> not illegal. I know him. Not a stranger. Um, but yeah, so uh, maybe we'll do something before when we hit 10,000 on our hashtag. But yeah, again, to reiterate, um, if you want to take part in the Two Book Wash Knobs, listen to Regram. Happens every Sunday. Um, choose three people, regram them on the feed, and then you also get featured on the website. Really a lot of fun. Um... Also, huge thank you to people who've reached out uh, wanting to contribute to the site. More folks reached out in regards to that than I expected. Um, a lot of really fun work seems to be happening. Also, just want to reiterate that again, if you have any reservations, like, oh, I don't know if the guys are going to dig this. Dude, you're not going to know until you ask us. Like, you're not going to know if a topic works if you, uh, un unless you ask. And you got nothing to lose just by reaching out and being like, hey, I want to write about this, blah, 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 because that's something I've also noticed as well. Like, probably half the people we've talked to, they're like, oh, I sort of wanted to write about this, but I wasn't sure if it was going to be cool. It became like a really fun collaborative process where they talked to us and we both found a really cool topic, like based yeah. off that, that like seed of an idea that they had. So um, again, open call. Anyone uh, interested in writing for the website, love to hear from folks. Uh, thank you to everyone we've heard from so far. Um, I believe that's it for the website news. Am I missing anything? Yeah, no, that's that's it. Um, is it time? It's time. It's time to get into the uh, the main topic. Our bread and butter affordable vintage watches today, focusing specifically on affordable vintage digital watches. I think it's weird. I think it's a weird topic. I'm gonna let you go first. I'm I, I, I'm gonna let you finish. Sorry, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you go first. <laughs> Poor Taylor. Because um, I know. No, not poor Taylor. That 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 girl brings in cash. She's totally fine. I think I think she's fine. I, I think she owns like half of Nashville. <laughs> Dude, I don't I I don't own half of anything. All right. <laughs> Telling oh, you, man, man, I'm married now. I, I everything I'm looking at is just stuff that I'm borrowing. You know. I think Telling I read you, somewhere that Taylor Swift she only um she only tours to cities where she um owns a home. So it's a it's a jet flight to the next city where she performs and then stays in her own mansion. And then I thought you were gonna say you place. read that Taylor Swift only eats dodo eggs. I'm like, oh yeah, no. In, <laughs> endangered dodo eggs. They're grown by the Jurassic Park guy in an incubator and and, and Jeff Goldblum is there saying, uh uh life uh uh finds a way. <laughs> I thought that was what her diet was primarily consisted of. But yeah, no, I um um, what the I don't know what the fuck we were talking about. We're talking about Taylor Swift now, dude. I, I, I mean, mean, if she does eat dodo eggs, uh, <laughs> she does a great job of maintaining her figure. Good, good job, Taylor. Good job, good, good for you, Taylor. Straight up, good, good for, for you. you. You know, but it's yeah, a lot of um, cholesterol. <laughs> it's good cholesterol. Aren't, aren't eggs healthy now? I don't know, dude. Ugh. right. I, I I find it difficult to see the health benefits, but. We we would seriously digress. <laughs> One day. That's 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 for the two broke egg snobs podcast. <laughs> but here, man, um um I wanna hear your take on this. I feel like there's sort of a strange understanding in regards to like the idea of the vintage digital watch. We both did research. What was your experience kind of prepping for the show? And then obviously you can start talking about your first piece because I've been talking way too much. Well, this this is kind of it's gonna go back to the the life cycle the the regular life cycle of new technology that, mm -hmm. you know, we observe from anything like from, I don't know, electric cars or flat screen TVs or, you know, portable computers and stuff like that. If you go 
if you go too far back and you start finding like really old digital watches or just quartz watches, um, they're going to be stupid expensive. Right. Like the first, like the very first Seiko Astron, for example, which is like Honda Civic money, you know, for, for a watch. <laughs> um, but then, you know, as, as everything gets kind of repurposed and the tech becomes more widely available, um, uh, you start finding more affordable stuff. But then as things become cult classics, uh, the vintage collecting community eventually starts to influence this mm. uh, this ecosystem of watchmaking. But what's cool about some of these digital watches is that I feel like when the technology became so um, easily accessible, a lot of these brands got into this sort of unspoken space race where they just <laughs> packed like, totally unnecessary stuff into some of these you know digital watches and i think a way of saying it i think i think probably one of one of the more famous ones and a good example of something that is not an affordable vintage watch is that seiko tv watch where it had that like body pack that you kept like in your back pocket with like a cable that ran up into like your suit coat and then down into your into your fucking like watch on your wrist it's basically a dialysis machine you're walking around with with a goddamn dialysis machine attached to you yeah exactly exactly (laughs) and uh you know i don't know what's i forget the reference but you know you can you can see those go for some some pretty crazy money and i think actually a, a you know I'm not going to say a few years ago because probably more, but what some guy walked into like Pawn Stars and like tried to sell it to that like Chum Lee guy. (laughs) (laughs) But he had it. It was like new old stock, like in the box with like the original cable. And uh, there's like a leather carrying pouch for the module that controls like the channels and stuff. And wow, you know, or something like the Seiko um, uh, voice memo watch. That they right. wear in Ghostbusters. Uh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters <laughs> coming to you from Chrono Bros. That's uh, that's the Bollywood version. <laughs> I would I would so watch that. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Um, yeah. So that, I, there's one on eBay now for those like fifteen hundred dollars. Holy know? shit, balls! That's way too much money. Yeah, but Does it's it like. Work? I don't know. I, I guess it works. And, th- and then there were like the early calculator watches where you couldn't even push the buttons. So they came with like a stylus, hmm. you know, so you had a watch with a stylus. <laughs> <laughs> so if if you sit down and you and you research this stuff, like deeply research this stuff, you just you ask yourself why in a lot of cases, like why was there actually an appeal to this to, to recording voice memos on on your watch? Hmm. At the time was there limited space maybe if you were a physician i mean was it a hipaa violation if you recorded like uh like patient data on your on your memo watch i, I, I don't know <laughs> i think he said the best though i think it was the idea of i i, I think it's sort of the, the 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 convergence of two things space race and zach morrison cool you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah and i feel like that's for the whole voice memo thing and the tv thing um, because uh, uh, I was going to talk about this watch, but I decided not to. Citizen also has a voice memo watch, you know. Yeah, there there were a lot of them, you know. Uh, it mean, was it was it was cool. It was like Talkboy cool, you know. Oh God, the Talkboy. Right. <laughs> Had a couple of those. <laughs> you remember the pen, the Talkboy pen? Yeah, yeah. yeah that dude. was yeah. They had like a they had like a gray one and then a pink one for girls. 
I never saw the pink one. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I think they had a pink one. I want a pink one. Yeah, me too. Right? God damn it, dude. Why can't we have nice things as dudes? <laughs> Bullshit, man. Uh, but yeah, this um, this Seiko TV watch is there's. I think it's on eBay now. The bid is at fifty two bucks. If you guys want to get in on that, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's not my go listing. Up. I promise. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have. It's going to go up higher though. You think, right? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. I imagine it would have to, especially if there's one right there now for like what you said, buy it now at fifteen hundred, or am I thinking of something else? Well, that's that's the that's the Seiko Ghostbusters watch, and you know, I look right, I right, look right. at this watch now, and it has, you know, this this thing is stupid expensive. It does not need to be this expensive. This is because of the the vintage factor behind it and the collectability. But if you look at the design of the watch, um, the bracelet has the entire thing is like. I don't know if it's PVD coated or like it has some, the entire watch has some kind of like black coating on it. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it almost looks like, uh, like an old Jajaro design. Like some of those older, um, like aliens, Seikos. Huh. Is it, is it, um, is it, is it, is it like blaster carbon scoring? Yeah. It's, it's like, it's some kind of carbon coating, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure, but it has that sort of, futuristic vibe and the the bracelet looks like super integrated into the actual case and um yeah just very space age and i suppose that's why they picked it for for ghostbusters i always feel like that would be such a fun job as like a like a prop master oh i thought i gonna say busting ghosts i'm like dude that does not sound like a fun job at all i'm a, no like, no I, I, no I wouldn't get into that no dude, i can't even walk into my own apartment if the lights aren't on Okay, I walk on my if if I if I come home from like dinner, my apartment's dark. I walk to the light switch as if I'm trying to step over like landmines in my own home, dude. Yeah, all right. No, yeah. I can't bust no ghosts. I'm afraid of ghosts. All right. And uh, no speaking of props and and stuff in like movies and TV shows, we we have to do a follow up episode uh, to the one that we started with because because I've been seeing more more watches and TV shows lately and. Uh, Actually, one show that you recommended to me recently was the actual the Daredevil uh, series on Netflix. There's a there's a watch in that. Well, there's a Cartier that gets some serious screen time. Um, oh my God, you and I like, feel like I can, remember that. He can hear it because he's Daredevil and stuff like. <laughs> and that's how he follows the guy. But it's funny, all of the close up shots that the watch gets, the crown is pulled out and it's not running, and it's at <laughs> it's at ten ten with the seconds hand at thirty. So it's like Come someone on, like I'm, a boutique probably was just like, listen, we're lending this to you. Please don't fucking ruin our watch. <laughs> yeah, well, that's part of the deal. The screen, the close up screen time that it gets, the hands need to be like that and stopped with the crown. Oh, pulling. that's so lame. <laughs> Maybe I don't, I'm just guessing. But I back to know. back to digital watches. Um, yeah. So when you get into the research, you find some insane, crazy shit. You know, what were they thinking? Yeah. Uh, then stuff gets really practical and then stuff gets not so practical um so would then, you imagine that this watch is someone is watch that someone could realistically purchase like are there a lot online or is it something that gets faked or is this there ghostbusters like one um no a lot of these do not come up wow okay um but you know seiko made so many different um like digital watches that had all these little knickknacks and like tools on them and 
they have modern versions that probably do the same thing or look the same. So it's it's very easy if you want to get the look. I mean, if mm. you're if you're a big movie buff and you wanna, you know, if you collect memorabilia and stuff like that, I I, I see those people like purchasing these these uh, voice memo watches probably even more than than watch collectors, you know. Right, because they're cool, man. You don't have to be into watches to find that watch cool. Yeah, but there's cool stuff that's there's cool stuff that's also affordable. That's um, vintage digital, and the first one that I picked is also because it was in a movie, um, and it's a watch I didn't know much about until I sat down and did some research. But it's mm-hmm. the um, it's the Seiko uh, A. 826 so alpha 826 okay um and it's the watch that doc wore in back to the future oh that's so cool (laughs) (laughs) that's so cool man so it's the seiko a826 training timer um and you can find uh more info at watch-id.com it's a it's a good site that i kind of discovered you know that goes through movies and tv shows and and i guess people figure out what watches everybody was wearing but this this thing is interesting because the bezel so while like a lot of digital watches you have like little buttons like in all the different corners and that's how you cycle through modes the um the training timer has a rotating bezel that you use to cycle through the different modes i've never seen that in a digital watch interesting um and it also has Like uh, like you turn the bezel you turn the bezel you turn the bezel and that's how you that's how you access a few different modes. That's super badass. <laughs> yeah. But what's even crazier about this one is that it comes with um a remote finger trigger that looks it looks like something that you would like detonate a bomb with. <laughs> so it's like a little pen sort of device with a push button on top. And it has a cable that plugs into the side of the watch and what? you can use it to remotely uh trigger uh, the split second function for the chronograph. Oh, that's so James Bond. <laughs> it just, right? it looks, and I, I guess, I guess that's so you can, I, I mean, if you're a coach or helping somebody train with like track and stuff like that, you can, you can use that device to not have to like turn your wrist and like fiddle with small chronograph buttons, buttons on, uh, buttons on the, buttons on the yeah, side. I hear that. It's really novel and it's kind of in the same vein as the crazy body pack that comes with the tv watch but the difference between that watch and this training timer is you can usually find them on ebay for uh, between 150 and 200 bucks and it's i feel like it's it's just as collectible i feel like it has the same sort of movie uh provenance i suppose (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and i think i think there are some shots here of doc with the actual device like plugged into the side of the watch you know it's oh that's so cool um it's and it's otherwise it's just a it's it's a cool you know digital watch it looks very casio-esque um and it has this cool uh velcro strap um and i love velcro straps (laughs) (laughs) that's my first choice that's badass how about you? What's what's your first? Okay, this is going to be a weird one. Um, so you asked me beginning of the show if Russia made digital watches. I'm ready. I mean, the an- the answer is a resounding, like, yes. <laughs> it's Russian, Russian digital watches are their own fucking black hole. And in the period of probably 
15 or 20 years, they, ch they changed so much. Uh -huh. But they never really took off. Um, so there's three watches that I chose. They're all, they're all Russian vintage watches. They're all vintage Russian digital watches. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. Because uh, I wanted to choose sort of a suite of options that kind of spans the entire sort of life cycle. Um, of what happened in digital watches in Russia because they're not a thing anymore um, but they were a thing at some point um, even a little before after the fall um, 92 post 92 I think into like 95 or something like that mm. so the first watch I want to talk about is the first which is pur purportedly the first digital watch ever created in Russia so this this sort of re requires an explanation um, Russian branding during the Soviet Union was very strange in that um there weren't necessarily brand names. There were for like really like special brands, but the majority of the time it was watch factories that shared brand names. So more than one factory was making Pabetas. More than one factory was making um, fucking, I don't know, some other watch I can't fucking think of right now. So it, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things where if you really want to try to get a good foundation in Russian watches, you have to know the factories. And so that's how I'm, I'm positioning um these uh, uh not recommendations um sorry i'm used to i'm, I'm used to being i'm used to work phone calls <laughs> that's <I'm>, okay <laughs> <laughs> that's how i'm positioning these choices the first one i want to talk about is a brand designation not a factory designation a brand designation so this brand designation is shared across many factories but this is the first place to do it the brand is called electronica with a k it's the it's specifically the zim electronica one b602 Zim Electronica 1 B6.02. Hmm. So this thing straight up looks like it's from Battlestar Galactica. Okay. <laughs> like take the Rado Diastar and give it a bit more of like a fun, hard Battlestar Galactica edge, and it's you're 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 there. Um, what I want to say also is steer clear if you're looking for this. So this is purportedly the first vintage wa uh, uh, digital watch, uh, first digital watch created in USSR. It was created um, probably the mid 70s or early 70s in um, Zim. So the Zim factory is located in Samara, and technically the factory isn't called Zim. The factory is called. I had to write it down. Um, Maslenikov. Maslenikov. M-A-S-L-E-N-N-I-K-O-V. Maslenikov. Um, it's southeast Russia. So technically that would be constituting the European-ish part of Russia. Russia hmm. Which is important for me to mention because the proximity of different watch factories sort of controls the stylistic personalities of some of the watches. So watches okay. that are closer to the European side tend to have more European features. And so um, this watch has similar visual features to um, like other sort of, I think, European watches that are, may have been tested or something like that at the time before before digital watches got really, really popular. Um, but the um, Zim Electronica, B, Electronica 1, because there's different ones, B602, it's really cool. It's time only. It's got three buttons on the side. Um, it doesn't display the seconds, but one of the buttons resets the seconds, but you can't see the seconds. So it's it's kind of odd. It's very, very strange. Do, um, <laughs> do, uh, do you have a picture of this thing up, dude? No, I don't. I'm, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to look it up. What was the full number again? B602. It's E-L-E-K. Electronica. E-L-E-K. Yeah, they, they make uh, calculators, no? That's the thing. Yes, thank you for saying that. So, Electronica, like I said before, isn't necessarily um, 
something specific to a brand. Electronica during the USSR was a designation of really just different electronic products. So calculators was the other really, really big thing. Um, and just other digital products like that. So the Electronica name was put on these digital watches that came out of different factories in the USSR. And the first one I'm talking about, again, this is from the Zim factory and Manislanikov, so Samara, so the southeast region of Russia. It's really, really cool. There's nothing particularly noteworthy about it except the fact that it has just really fun pedigree as the first digital watch produced in Russia. Now you have to be careful because this is related to the second watch I'm going to talk about. If you try looking for this watch, Electronica B602, and you see a watch that says, oh, first digital watch ever produced in Russia, and it has like red, like in red LCD screen, those motherfuckers lying. <laughs> those are some lying motherfuckers, dude. I can't you find, find this them. thing. I'm going to have to look after, but I'll take your word for okay. it. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, if you Google, if you just Google the word Electronica, E L E K T R O N I K A space one space B six dot zero two. There's an eBay listing, nineteen seventy eight USSR Soviet Electronica. That's the one. Mm, okay, I see it now. Ah, okay. Interesting. Okay. So it's time only. It's got these three little buttons on the side for different things and all the stuff like that. It came on this bracelet originally. It's not a large watch in regards to diameter. I think these are usually around, uh, I might be wrong, but under 40, but they're thick. You know what I mean? So so that's why it might have like a Diastar shield sort of vibe, like a Rado Diastar sort of vibe. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, in, in terms of provenance, this is the first uh, digital USSR watch produced um, in the Zim factory, Zim, you might know for Zim Pabetta, they made that uh, those movements, really, really good prolific USSR brand that was available to everyone. Um, I'm bringing this watch up as sort of the first instance like the like of the timeline, the timeline of Homo Erectus. Uh, this is the first watch, uh, the digital watch that USSR made, and it's going to be completely fucking different from the last watch I talk about. But um, if you're looking for this watch, you can usually find it around 100 bucks. Um, the big concern also with digital watches is, okay, it's two things. You want to make sure the back of it, and this goes for this watch and all digital watches, you want to make sure that there's some kind of movement shot. If there is a movement shot, you want to make sure that no one left a battery in there. <laughs> Because it's 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 gonna look like the it's gonna look like the movement has rabies and they'll just be like crusty like hard concrete foam all over the thing and that comes when you leave a battery in there and it fucks up and like all this battery acid comes out you want to make sure the movement looks relatively clean patina is fine um, negligence is not you know what I mean mm -hmm. the other thing also is uh, you can find batteries that will work in these watches they just need to be the right size so bust out your calipers if you got them if you don't got them you should get them there i think you can get like really fun digital ones on amazon for like 10 or 15 bucks i mean i feel like every watch person should have calipers. yeah yeah um you know what i'm saying just measure the inside and then just find a battery that fits and it should work um the other thing also is if you're looking at one of these like i said between you know 100 usually around 100 bucks is like a safe bet um just find out if it's working just ask the, sometimes you can just ask the uh, seller um, like most USSR watches, these are going to come out of like former Soviet places, um, especially the last watch I'm going to talk about. You know what I mean? Mm. But I think it's a fun watch. It's one of those things that's not necessarily emblematic of vintage digital watches. It doesn't have like cool displays and cool features, blah, 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 things like that. But I think it's a really good early example of trying to use digital technology with wearable technology. You know what I mean? Cool. 
Yeah. But uh, that's my first pick. Um, what is your second pick? So also from a manufacturer that's uh, known for producing calculators, uh, my second choice comes from Texas Instruments. They make a watch? <laughs> they made watches. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> and this one is a ton of fun because I still can't find like the real name for it. But if you just go, if you just go on eBay or Google and type in "vintage uh, Texas Instruments Star Wars watch," oh my god, <laughs> it's I'm googling it right fucking now, dude. You have no idea how fast I'm googling this. It's pretty, it's pretty fun. Um, so also just just a, a basic um, time only uh, digital watch. Uh, they came in like. This like gold plated finish or just like steel. Right. But what was fun with these is that uh, over oh the God. over the face, you could put all of these, um, I guess, interchangeable decals. So the, they're like skins. Yeah, they're like skins. Exactly. So you can get them with like C-3PO or like Darth Vader or like TIE fighters like flying around and shit. Um, oh, my God. And on eBay, this is this is the best day of my life. You have no idea. <laughs> on eBay now, you probably see it. There's uh there's a decal sheet from 1977 unused uh, for 50 bucks. So you can, decal. that's, that's for decals, man. That's crazy. Um, wow. I'm, you know, I'm not really sure of, of the specs behind these watches or really, I'm not even really sure that matters, but this is just like, this just looks like something fun that a kid would have, you know, maybe when he was grown up and, uh, I don't know if you, if you had one of these and you're looking for them now, I, I think they're pretty desirable, you know? Um, cause the one on there's, eBay there, now there, it's, there, it's not even confirmed to be working and it's 75 bucks. There's some serious like nostalgia retro swag. Oh yeah, of course. With rocking one of these all day, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, I, I think it's time only. I don't even think you can cycle through modes or anything. <laughs> Probably doesn't even have a light. But, um, you know, one, one thing they do look quite slim. So, uh, if, if you're, it seemed, and it looks like the bracelet's integrated, the bracelet appears integrated, which was like, it's like a really, that's like a really seventies thing, I guess. Um, yeah. you know, all the way to watches like, like the Nautilus and, and stuff like that, uh, mm-hmm. Genta designs and even like Seiko Jajaro designs, um, but yeah, if you're like a Portland hipster and uh, you you want to wear like a digital watch with a blazer, this thing is is pretty slim. You can do that. Um, and I'm not gonna I'm I'm gonna be totally honest. I don't know much else about it other than you can put cool Star Wars stickers on this watch. That's the only thing you need to know about <laughs> That's it. Michael. Exactly, you can put right? Star Wars things. Okay. I'm like I That's was like looking. That I was looking at the features and I'm like, what? Are, okay, what are the different? You expect is everybody? Oh my God! Is everybody wow. okay? Disregard. Disre- yeah, everyone's fine. <laughs> everyone's was, fine. Was that a cat battle? <laughs> no, that wasn't a cat battling. Uh, uh, my wife opened the freezer and every single ice pack we have in the freezer, which is way too many. You think we have a family of fifteen children with how many ice packs we have? Every single, every single ice pack came tumbling out. Well, it's it's of the freezer. It's not really it's not really a, a freezer in an American household uh, unless everything falls out when you open it. Of course, That's, of course. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, like I said, I sat down to try to like look for features and modes and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't even think that matters with this watch. 
it's it's just a it's a time only digital watch that you can get for under a hundred bucks, and you can put Star Wars stickers on it. There's not really much this else is, behind it's, it. It's 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 an incredible candidate for a grab and go quartz watch, dude. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You just you don't have it's it's not not, not only do you have to think about it, you know it's fun. There will never not be a day where you won't have fun with this watch. Be great for the uh, you know as you're running out the door going to the Last Jedi premiere. I suppose, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just and I thought it was really cool that Texas Instruments made it. Um, you know, even if you just Google vintage Texas Instruments uh, watch, like they have a ton of watches, and you know, mm-hmm. honestly, I I would need to learn more about them. But uh, yeah, that's my second choice. How about you? So the second choice, we're moving on to the second part in the sort of history of Russian digital watches. The first part was kind of, I like to feel as sort of like the budding, like, okay, like how are we designing this watch? The Electronical One B602, like it's in the Zim factory. The other point I forgot to mention is the case for that watch, it's a modified version of previous cases they're using on their mechanicals. It looks chunky. So the tr- it does, it does look pretty chunky. They're trying to figure out what can work with what they already have, which is very much Russian garage science. You know what I'm saying? Nice. Like, <laughs> what can we do with what's already here? And then I, I, I should correct myself. That's very much USSR garage science. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I have to, have to differentiate now. Um, but the second watch I want to talk about, I think is really, really cool because there's something particularly unique and Russian about it. So this watch was developed... Shortly after the Electronica 1B602, the Electronica 1B602 was developed over in um, Samara. It's in the Zim factory. This second watch was developed in Moscow. So it has, there's some good pride behind it. And this is the watch that often gets uh, conflated with being the first uh, USSR digital watch. It is the Moscow, okay, I have to read this properly because it's a long name. It is the Moscow N11 Zavod Electronica 1 B603. You might be able to also find just by checking Electronica 1 B603. Um, this watch is super cool. It has, you can see a bit more elements here with some digital watches that are probably coming around the same time. So a lot of the Japanese brands, Casio and things like that. The case is a bit more um, emblematic of what you would see in the 80s. There's some more mm-hmm. lines, there's some more angles, but the most like noteworthy feature is that red lcd display yeah it's like a huge red uh, like what is that like a chunk of plastic that goes over the whole thing i believe so straight up battlestar galactica <laughs> <All right. laughs> have you seen that have you seen that series dude no not enough i i have but not enough it's very much a soap opera but in space that's cool okay that's the best way. There's there there's a lot of soap opera tropes, but the overall veneer of essentially being like a like a Star Wars esque space opera makes it fun. You know, nice. I will I will refrain from from henceforth then making Battlestar Galactica jokes because <laughs> I had a lot of them planned. All right. Um, I see there there's some cool is, lines to the case on this one too. Like this, there's some these. really fun lines. You can tell they're trying to make this thing more like other digital watches they're seeing like this thing you can see some relation to the um the zim electronica one b602 but this uh navad z11 or zii electronica one b603 they're definitely trying to do something a a little more unique um it seems thinner 
the brace looks kind of similar as well. Um, obviously, you know, um, this is the other thing I want to mention also. If you were to look for this watch, you can probably find it. I mean, I, it's it's not uncommon to see, I think, around the same as the Electronica B602, like 100-ish, 150-ish bucks. But you have to look out for this. They made these things post-USSR. Hmm. Um, all the way into the the mid 90s, um, and so if you're like me and you're doing the USSR watch hunt, you want to try and find something that's actually within like the proper structured USSR time period. You know what I'm saying? So like post Bolshevik Revolution, mm. pre 1991 1992 fall. You know, interesting. Um, the, the 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 tried and true way of always telling to make sure if you have something from the USSR. Look for look for uh, look for Cyrillic. <laughs> if, you can find, if you can find Cyrillic specifically on the case back, because these watches, the B, the Electronica One B603, doesn't normally have writing on the front. If it does, um, that might be kind of weird. Let me just double check. Yeah, if it does, that might be kind of weird. All the writing you're gonna see should be on the back case. Uh, the case back will be stamped. It will have uh, Cyrillic there, and specifically, you want to see CCCP. So those, like those are those those are those are like Roman English numerals CCCP. That is the, the internal designation for in Cyrillic for the USSR. Um, after the USSR, it turned into something different. It's like P O C C N something like that. Mm. So um, this watch is a lot of fun, though. It's definitely going to be more readily available than the first Zim Electronica B602. Uh, you're going to see a lot of different versions. But this thing also has, I think, really cool retro swag. Not so much in the sense of the Texas Instrument Star Wars watches uh -huh. that you were talking about, you know what I mean? Yeah. But this thing is still definitely, I feel, pretty cool. Um, not one of the more talked about USSR uh, uh, vintage watches because I feel like within USSR watches there's this sort of like gatekeeping that you can kind of find within all watches where it's gotta be a, it's gotta be a mechanical watch you know what I mean right. and like people yeah. people had to die to make this watch <laughs> I can assure you guys people probably died making this digital watch too I mean this 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 there's no beating around the bush here and these were made in Moscow the other really cool thing about this is there's two potential other pitfalls so if you're like me and it's the hunt that really gets you going this thing is a really fun hunt because this is one of the first examples of internal technology that moscow which was like the ussr like like hub uh -huh. licensed out to another soviet property so they also licensed this watch technology to bulgaria remember the name bulgaria but specifically as the buletronic <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna make sure we put up photo differences between the buletronic i thought it was bluetronic for the longest time and then i looked into buell it's b-u-l-e-t-r-o-n-i-k-a there are different stylistic differences Different stylistic differences. See, that's that's the that's that's eight years of higher English education right there for you, Michael. <laughs> it works. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, but if you're looking for this thing, people will try and pass off the Bulgarian Bulatronic as this uh, Navod Z1 or N1. Uh, uh, hold on, I'm all fucked up here. People will try and pass it off as this NII NM11 Zavod Electronica One B603. So do be careful. If you're if you just if you're like me and you just want it to be super authentic, um, the other thing also to note is that these were not exported out of the country. So if you do find one of these and it's totally right, you know that you'll have something that was from the 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 most likely the the hub of the USSR. These things didn't get like 
shipped out or exported out to like Poland or Great Britain, which like a lot of other Seconda and other USSR watches were. The closest thing is that the technology was licensed to Bulgaria for the Buletronic. Interesting. You know? Not a very sexy watch. <laughs> I think it's kind of sexy in its own like retro sort of way. In its own, yeah, in its own retro sort of way. I just think it's um, it's one of those things within USSR watches that just doesn't get talked about a lot for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to view the uh, Electronica 1B603 as sort of the crest of unique, authentic Russian digital watches. The next watch I'm going to talk about after you go is... Probably the last iteration where they basically just said, fuck it, we have to sell these things no matter what it looks like. Yeah. Um, but it also represents the more easily available version. Uh, but here, I will I will let you go. What is the third watch well, that you got? The So the last one that I picked is actually, <clears throat> it's really simple. It's not off the beaten path or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're into, you probably, you probably had a feeling I might have picked this one, but uh, it's... I don't know. It should come as no surprise that um, my pick was the uh, the Timex data link, especially since I've been <laughs> <laughs> since I've been sort of drooling over that the NSN dash uh, one K that I talked That's about. That's right. Um, That's so cool. So, but the thing is, when I started doing my research, I sort of half expected to. Um, find listings for these and discover that they were actually really expensive. But I'm surprised that, um, you know, the model 150, which is the one most closely associated with, you know, space travel and stuff like that, you can still find some in good working condition for under a hundred dollars. Um, so that's, that's why I decided to include it. I did not know that it was the first watch capable of downloading information from a computer and I also wasn't aware of the Microsoft affiliation. Um, so these huh. these um, were super high tech at the time, um, you know. And I think uh, I read somewhere that Bill Gates even like did demonstrations for them, like in the mid '90s, like early to mid '90s. So I assume he demonstrated the watch and then released a bunch of malaria flies into the audience. <laughs> Does he do that today? I thought he saves people from malaria. Didn't he? No, do you remember back in the day he did that? He was doing a press conference trying to like, I think it was raising malaria awareness, and then he like released a bunch of like flies. He's like, oh, these flies have malaria, and everyone freaked out. I don't remember that. I remember the one where he drank poop water recently. Oh my god. He he drank like he had a, some presentation on on like the importance of water filtration and processing for the future Jeez. of humanity, and he he drank some, uh, I guess. Um, Bill, you're you're rich, bitch. You don't, you don't drink poop water, dude. You can buy a nice bottle of crappy Dasani, dude, or or whatever, whatever water rich people like drink. God in heaven. Ugh. But yeah, this this thing is cool, man. It's Fuck. it's also a watch. It's you know it's a space watch. It, I think. Um, yeah. If you if you're vibing with that whole uh, space watch collection, I think this would be cool next to a Speedmaster or um, you know yeah, a, a Fortis cool. and stuff. Um, but you know, I guess you know astronauts, cosmonauts, um, you know, wore them, and um, I guess figured out ways to use the data transfer features um, for their missions. Um, and then the data link technology kind of evolved and integrated itself into different lines of Timex watches. Right. So you start to see it pop up in like the Iron Man series, and then 
There might even right. be some some data link branded watches that they sell today. I'm not sure. But it's interesting when you start to find uh, really good examples, uh, once again, for under $100 most of the time. And you see them yeah. with like the Timex branding with like the little waves at the bottom that they're they're starting to reuse again today in their archive series to like that's so cool bring out that vintage vibe and then a lot of them also have microsoft branding which i just think is so cool <laughs> um but yeah i mean and it's got like indiglo and uh yeah it's it's a it's a piece of space watch history and you know that can't be disputed really uh, and i think it it has a it has a proper spot next to you know watches like the speedmaster or even like a casio dw5600 you know right and that's that's why that's- i picked it basically I, I was really surprised i thought that these watches by now would have been affected by the vintage crazy collector market and you know skyrocketed but they're still you know they're still pretty accessible, and you can, like I said, the model 150 is, uh, I guess, the most um, original that you can get, um, mm. and they're still they're still around for less than a hundred bucks. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I think they the, then they started making different versions with like, uh, you know, pagers built into them, and uh, you know, portable. Uh, portable assistant like software for like scheduling and stuff like that so yeah it's uh that's my last pick it's not that exciting but um it's pretty cool though i i i think i think it's easy for folks to like forget just how prevalent timex has been in the history of just like like wearable urology like they i mean you know because i feel like it's easy to like denigrate them as like the target 15 dollar batman watch but there's like there's some serious like history chops there you know yeah, what I'm saying? yeah and and the the data transfer i think happens with an optical sensor up at around like 12 o'clock i think what? you i think you push the watch up against a screen and it was it might have worked like a qr code i'm not i'm not oh. really too sure about the optical sensor technology but i think that's how you did the data transfer um somebody can correct that's me so if cool. I'm wrong. but that's like i don't know that's crazy for like mid 90s you know and like right? going up like into space right after i don't know it's 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 a fun watch and um i think it has like enough like orological nerd cred that you know do, do, do you remember a time when technological and, pro- and, and product advances were pushed by uh, uh by a call to be great like a sense of duty to either to your country or to personal fulfillment. Do you remember those times? Those yeah. Times are gone now. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's kind of the, the basis behind, um, you know, the saying like, you know, they don't make them like they used to. Um, I never thought, I never thought I'd be that person, but then I started hearing bands in high school that were cool on the classic radio station today. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm that guy now. They don't make them like they used to. Yeah, man. I mean, there's still, there's still, uh, it's, it, it's actually incredible when when you look at the world of aviation and realize that there are still, you know, Boeing 727s like flying for for some, you know, airlines around the world. You know, they're retired in in most senses, but definitely in the fields of of aviation, um military technology, um even just kind of, you know, home PC tech. <laughs> like Because there's 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 no profit in pride. 
there's profit on in year to year delivery, not even in product long longevity. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not to get super sidetracked, but I think that's actually relevant to the whole idea of digital watches because I feel like I don't know. There's just like a different mentality when you're kind of doing things like this, especially within like you know Did- the emerging digital sphere back then. Like I, I can't think of anything these like. I can't think of the closest thing potentially is like um, like Tesla and Elon Musk and the sort of the product advancement he's trying to make the sort of resurgence sort of like a space race he's trying to do. I don't think it's going to work. I think some people will like will like try to ride that wave for like Twitter publicity, Hmm. but I don't think anyone's going to commit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think Mike is the only one, man. My favorite example is the is the IBM Model M keyboard, which is sort of like a, a grail. Right, you're a key, you're a keyboard guy. <laughs> a That's grail, right. a grail if you're a keyboard guy, and um, yeah, dude, like mid '80s, and those things are still like fucking working. It's crazy. Dude, you're you're so much cooler than I am. You're you're a keyboard guy. You're a sneakers guy. You own jackets. You have different. I only knowledge. own jackets because I, I live where I live. <laughs> dude, I'm and I'm not I'm, cooler I, than you. <laughs> I'm you're much cool. I am I am the uncool one here. I, we've established this already. I'm wearing I'm wearing board shorts and a two watch knobs t-shirt, dude. All right. I was I wearing, wearing something super cool. No, no. I'm in sweatpants, dude. <laughs> we talked about this last episode. <laughs> Do you guys want us to make two book watch knobs t-shirts? I feel like people have asked this, but I can't remember. Do you think it's a good idea if we if we like look at resources for protect? Because like the, we only two in the world exist. And Michael and I own them. That's true. Maybe, uh, but there's there's something cool about that too. I don't know. Maybe we should be selfish this time. Being selfish would be nice. <laughs> but here we have time for my third one. My third one's really, really uh, uh, an interesting piece here. Go for it. Go for it. So in the full trajectory of where we've gone in this journey that I'm trying to take you guys in. So early mid 70s USSR, the first electron Zim Electronica B602, very very different from what you're seeing in other digital watches. They tried kind of readapting a Zim mechanical case to work with this uh, uh, digital, you know, uh, display quartz model. Um, looks kind of weird. And then a few years later, the uh, um, uh, pff, I can't. I was. I want to say. I either want to say Navad or Zavad. It's Zavad. Z A V O D N one one Electronica one B six zero B six zero three. Oh Jesus! This is the one that has that red LCD display we're talking about. This is definitely more of them trying to do something building off that Electronica one, but that also kind of combined to also what they were seeing in the world emerging with other digital watches. Like, okay, digital watches look sort of like this. Let's put some more lines here. Let's not have it make so much look like this, blah, blah, blah. The third watch I want to talk about, talk about is, here's the issue. They tried competing with the Japanese watch market at a time through digital watches when the Japanese were just dominating it. Slaughtering. It just wasn't, it just wasn't gonna work. Like, Pounding like, 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 ass. <laughs> dude, like Mr. Like 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 Mr. Zanilov USSR the fourth. That shit was not gonna work, dude. Like it was just, it just it was a lost cause. You guys should have just stuck to mechanicals, man. Um, they just they're just like, okay, if this is what people want to see, fuck it, we'll just give them this. The third watch I want to talk about is the one that's very very much available. It is the Electronica Five. That's just it. It's just the Electronica Five. 
Um, this was made in the Minsk watch factory, which is which at the time was part of the Soviet Union, but now is basically um, located in I don't think it's the, I don't think that's there anymore, but um, Belarus. Okay. So it's the Electronica Five. It basically looks like a fucking Casio DW5600 with 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 Cyrillic on it. You have a picture of it up? I I have I have some yeah, and I see some with like uh, like musical notation under the. Yeah. To let you know, cases. it makes sound. Oh, that's what that's what it means. Okay, <laughs> it's multi it's multifunctional. So this is this is something that's this is this is what they were sort of interpreting as you know people wanting to see digital watches, more function, things like that. Now, if they had taken the idea of more fun digital functions, but kept some of those sort of USSR design stylings, they probably could have had something very very cool and unique. It wouldn't have sold. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. This thing was probably way more marketable. Because it looks like a Casio. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It came full circle, man. You'll see these things branded under a few different names. You'll see it under Electronica, um, mainly Electronica and Seconda. So Seconda is sort of like the blanket um, import or exporting name that a lot of USSR watches had, especially the ones that were going to uh, Western countries, um, more specifically like like um, like the UK and stuff. Right. Um, but this watch, I mean, it, this this is what, in my opinion, this is the end this is the the end of the USSR digital watch and the Electronica Five. Um, they produced these for a long time. Um, there was a couple other attempts to do fun USSR digital watches, but this is probably the one that's going to be easier to find on eBay. Um, a lot of examples still exist. Uh, a lot of them are pretty good condition. Again, same price point, maybe around a hundred bucks, maybe less, maybe a little bit more, depending on the situation. Um, and it's just, I mean, that's just what it is, you know? What you can do, uh, also, I think they made these pre and post USSR. It says Electronica 5 at the top with Cyrillic. It, it should also have, um, not all of them, but they sh the most of them should have on the case back. Not necessarily like a lot of Cyrillic, but the uh, Soviet star. With the CCCP, so it's, right? <clears throat> it, yeah, this should be there. Yeah, I think I saw, I saw one of the markings. Yeah, with the CCCP. It's sort of... Okay, so can I tell you what this fucking logo reminds me of? So a lot of Soviet watches have this Soviet star in this like five-sided shape thing with CCCP at the top. Growing up, there was a chicken franchise Okay. in Fort Lauderdale where I grew up called Brown's Chicken. The most unappetizing name ever, but if you grew up in the Fort Lauderdale, South Florida area and you saw a Brown's Chicken, their logo looks like the Soviet <laughs> Union star logo. That they put on these fucking watches, man. Um, that's one way of telling if it's Soviet Union. The other way of telling potentially is the designation at the top of the front of the watch. It won't say Electronica Five. It will. It might say. I mean, depending, because it's it's really hard to also be super super specific with the USSR mm -hmm. watches. It will most likely say. Uh, hold on, I wrote it down so I wouldn't fuck it up because I always fuck things up. Uh, Electronica Five Five. Oh no, I lost it. Electronica 55B. Mm. So it won't say necessarily Electronica 5B uh, uh, or, or Electronica 5. If it's post USSR, it might say um, Electronica 55B. So 55B. So depending on the example you're looking for, those are just some things to keep an eye out for. But of the three that I talked about, the Electronica 1B602, the Electronica 1B603, and the Electronica uh, 5, the Electronica 5 is probably the one that's going to be the easier. Kind of example to find. Interesting. You know what okay. I'm saying? 
but that's in a nutshell that's the history of it um i wouldn't mind doing maybe like a write-up on the site of like ussr digital watches i'm in the middle of right now of working on my uh of continuing the um, russian watch series i'm in the middle of uh working on the raketa portion the the um, so each each portion of the Russia, uh, uh, Russian watch series is based on a different factory. I think the first one was a prologue, the second one was pre-revolution watches, then the third one was the first Moscow watch factory, then it was the um, uh, Vostok factory, uh, uh, Kistopol, and the third one is, um, I can't ever say it, Petro, Petro Voretz, Pietro Voretz. Um, the topic of the Petrovoritz Raketa watch factory is incredibly intimidating to me because technically the factory is like 400 years old. So wow. it's just kind of like, where do I start? Jeez. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucked up, dude. It's ridiculous. Dude, they fought Nazis during the siege of Leningrad. <laughs> like, when were you ever at work fighting a Nazi? <laughs> put down, put, put down right? your watchmaking tools and... Uh... Pick up a rifle. Yeah, dude, actually, you bring b bring them if you can bludgeon someone to death <laughs> with your watchmaking tools. You might need mm. it. You know what I mean? The headline is they lost and they burned the, and the Nazis burned the factory <laughs> down, but they rebuilt it. The factory workers that weren't good killed. Good for them. Uh, good for them. Good for them. They rebuilt it. But yeah, so the whole history of the but but yeah, so I I super digress. I might want to do a write up for Russian digital watches as well because I don't feel like my explanation here did the whole history justice. But I. Justice, just you see, justice is different than justice. Uh, did the whole topic justice, but I really hope that it was both of our sort of talks were just informative for people to maybe shedding light on some digital watches that maybe weren't known to let people know that vintage digital watches are like definitely a thing. Yeah. You know, they're definitely a thing. Um, it's they're super thing, man. I, 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 it's been a lot of fun. Um, were there any other models that you want to talk about? I'm looking at the time, trying to be conscious, or should I start the <laughs> no, recap? No, that's it for me. Recap yeah. time? Ooh, okay, so again, huge thank you to everyone um, for already entering uh, the two book walk snobs 4,000 follower giveaway. At the time of you hearing this, you will still have, I think, like five or days. If you're hearing this on Monday, you have five days left to enter. The contest will basically end on Friday. To enter, you go to our feed, find the photo. It says giveaway in the top corner in a blue bu uh, bubble. We're giving away that Seiko SRPB13. 13. 1-3. 1-3. It's really, really cool watch. Um, find the photo. Uh, like the photo, regram it on your feed, tag us in it, along with two friends, put something fun in the description, bam, you're entered. We'll see you, you're entered. Um, also, in addition to that, uh, um, keep an eye out on the website for lots of new updates. I'm working on a lot of really fun write-ups. Specifically, right now, I'm working on a 604 Life write-up. I'm also working on the Undone Chronograph um, uh, review in conjunction with the uh, kind of part one assembly design of the watch. Really, really, really cool. Um, also, if you're inter interested in contributing to the website, please definitely reach out. Even if you have like a loose, tenuous idea of what you want to talk about, would love to just talk to you guys about it. That's just what it is, man. You know what I mean? Um, Michael and I were also really, really excited and proud to return to one of our, like, I think... I think probably like 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 really a roots affordable vintage watches specifically affordable vintage digital watches they said it couldn't be done but here we are anyway um a lot of really really fun models i mean across the whole board i mean you we talked about seikos we talked about a lot of different types of seikos we've talked about i mean timex i talked about a lot of russian digital watches we talked about fucking texas instruments star wars watches <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, check out the show notes to break down everything we talked about. Keep an eye on the feed. Keep an eye on the website. Again, a huge thank you to our Patreon contributors. If you're interested in checking out what the Patreon page says, you can go and read sort of our manifesto for sort of how we're approaching the growth of the show and sort of our place currently within urology and what the show is just really about. And the headline is the show is just about dick jokes and watches. So if you like dick jokes and you may like watches, then chance star, you're going to love this show. And you're going to love what the website has to say on patreon.com slash two book watch In addition to that, the Patreon uh, two book watch uh, uh, specials are on there as well. So there's, there's specific podcast content on the Patreon, but here's the catch. It's free. You don't have to like pay to be a patron patron patron. Uh, they're just up there for free. You can go and read the page, listen to the podcast episodes after doing so. If you're inclined to donate to the show, that would, that would just so, be super, super awesome. And Mike and I would definitely appreciate it. Um, but no obligation, uh, we're working on the third episode now. It's a Q&A episode. People sent in questions about the show, urology, us, anything, anything, anything. And we're going to spend 40 minutes picking out fun questions, giving shout outs to the question askers and answering the questions. Um, if you have any comments or thoughts about anything we talked about on the show, if you feel like maybe there's some watches that should have gotten like a bigger highlight, or if you have any questions about anything we talked about, definitely hit us up in the show notes. Or not strong. The show notes is what you do. Definitely hit us up in the comments on the post, or you can comment on the website, or you can email us at tbws.contact at gmail.com. Again, tbws.contact at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to just chat with you guys. Does anybody have any of the watches we've talked about? I would be super interested Maybe. to know that, actually. Yeah, probably. You never yeah. know, right? So if if you if you do fancy yourself a vintage digital watch collector, definitely, definitely weigh in as well. Um Am I forgetting anything? I think that's it. I think that's everything. Okay. Is it time? It's time. Okay. You start, I'll jump in. Thanks, everyone, for listening. My name is Mike. This is Kaz. You've been listening to Two Book Watch Stops. Later. <laughs>